what's going on everybody just want to welcome you back to another episode of the down to business podcast here with tamar turner and whenever you could just you know do a do a link up with some ecu family it's always a good time i brought on a host of different colleagues and just people who were able to come through as a connection and different things like friends of friends and then some people who i know but whenever you're able to you know just bring back on people and whenever you're able to just really go your separate paths but keep track of people and see what they're doing and it's always just cool so i'm actually really excited to be sitting down with this young woman today just because we did go to ecu together we did actually even study communication and journalism together and even had some classes together so it's really just been interesting you know to see her journey and she actually came as a referral of a friend so big shout out to shana and i, I definitely want to really big shout out to shana because i want to call myself out just in the fact that i follow claudia i follow you know what she did and everything that she came on to talk to you guys about but for some reason i was just lollygagging i was just kind of like i said in the previous episodes i got to shoot my business shop more so definitely excited to be sitting down with claudia so for those of you who do know her for those of you who don't know her definitely excited for her to give you guys a little taste of what she has so claudia how you doing today i'm doing great how are you I can never complain. I'm always good, like I said. And I definitely want to, once again, big shout out to Shane. I'm definitely glad that this interview was able to come to fruition. So we're really just going to get right into it. For yeah, those that are uh, for amazing. People- yeah, she's a she's dope. I tapped in with her um, when me and actually ex Brody, we did an interview for his ready series. Um, she was one of the people who, you know, kind of came in the live and was like really interactive and just having a good time. And then she actually even came on as well. So I've been following her page, following her content on different social media platforms and what she does. And I'm actually really excited to bring her on kind of later on. But like you said, yeah, dope individual from start to finish. So definitely excited for you. Definitely excited for her. So for everybody out there, you know, tapping in mutual followers that we have through ECU, some people totally new. Can you just tell us a little bit? about yourself and then what brings you on the podcast today yeah so my name is claudia i go by catching claudia on my youtube channel but i have a travel business called eclectic travel adventures and i originally started it to get more african americans to travel i feel like that's something that is just now starting to become a movement so i really wanted to start the business to kind of help people have a place to start And also with my YouTube channel, it's the same thing. It's very travel-based. I do vlogs. I do interviews. So that's why I'm here today. Perfect. And so uh, this is really right up my alley. I think we're really going to have some fun because I actually have some, obviously some podcast questions for you, but definitely just some travel questions because as somebody who was a big traveler, somebody who was even traveling, you know, safely and securely throughout the pandemic, it's definitely still just a lot going on. It's definitely been a lot of adjustments and things to change. So has trap? would you say that trap? would you consider that like, has that something that's always been a hobby for you? Did you all, I won't necessarily say you always knew you kind of wanted to go on this path, but you know, just thinking about ECU and even your high school days, and and kind of some time in between. Have you always just really just enjoyed traveling, whether it be international or domestic? So I actually always kind of dreamed of traveling. And so I remember one time I was in the library and I was like maybe seven or eight. And I just gravitated to that section of the library with all the travel books. And I was just like, I really want to do this one day. So then um, when I was 10, my mom, my first trip ever was actually to Hawaii. And so that kind of broke me in and got me very excited about it. And then when it comes to ECU, I actually really was inspired by Anthony Bourdain and Lucy Ling, which is why I decided to do journalism in the first place. I always knew that I wanted to kind of go into 
in the non-traditional route and do more of the travel journalism thing. I thought it was really cool that they were bringing exposure to all of these different cultures as well as foods. So that's always been a passion of mine and an interest. And now I think I've gotten just way more focused with it. I love that. And big shout out to Anthony Bourdain for all of my, you know, journalism communications folks. You definitely know him. And it's actually interesting that you brought up his name just because as I was on Twitter a couple of days ago, some of his um, videos resurfaced. And I don't know if you're familiar with the one where he kind of described Waffle House, like just as kind of like the spectacle and, and really just the verbs and not just Waffle House, but but every place that he went, I think in and out is up there. And just a lot of the just a lot of the descriptions and just a lot of the vivid imagery that he really gave, you know, the viewers, it was definitely, definitely, definitely much needed. And he was somebody who getting into, I would say, communication and journalism, he was like one of the first names that really came across my screen too. And really just, you know, seeing his work and what he offered and just his bio and accolades and everything is definitely interesting, but also inspiring at the same time. So I love that, you know, you you had this interest like at a young age and then, you know, as time kind of started to move on, if anything, it, it only strengthened and with more opportunity, you were able to really take advantage of it. So with the space that you're in now, what would you, what would you say is really like, I mean, running like a travel business, like it's, it's obviously something that you like to do, but also it, it is still the business side of things. So, you know, you have to advertise things in a certain way. You have to give certain content and everything like that. So what has really this experience been like for you? Just being able to go to different places, but not only educate yourself, but educate others and then spread your services as well. So, of course, because of the pandemic, having a travel business was not the best business to be in, but I've really used this period of time to regroup. Um, Right before, I really specialized in a lot of travel planning and a lot of travel um, research because a lot of people want to travel but don't really know where to begin. So I used that to sell that service. I will help you look up multiple places that you want to do and or want to go based down to culture, down to some words you might need to know if you go there and they speak a different language. Because I really feel like if you're going to go somewhere, you need to be respectful of where you are going and respectful of the people. And so making sure people are aware of those cultural differences they might see as well. Did I answer the whole question? Nah, for sure. And you actually just kind of led me into another question as well. So, and I think that is, this is an important thing, especially with, you know, going international, like you said, cultural differences and really just educating people, just thinking about different things that, you know, you could experience what and what not to do, what not to wear, maybe even what not to say. So for you personally, and then maybe even if you've had anybody kind of come to you with any testimonials or just other experiences that you want to share, what has that experience really been like for you traveling to different places and even if you want to get like really specific have you ever traveled to a specific place and kind of almost had a cultural shock like really had to adjust a lot really had to even educate yourself and learn some things like along the way or then maybe have you planned a trip for somebody else and then have they kind of maybe told you hey thank you for the info that you gave me or thank you for what you spread definitely did help me because you know this is not like what we do here in the uh, united states yeah so i actually write when the pandemic hit, I was actually living in Spain and that was a really fun experience. I have a couple of videos of that on my YouTube channel if you're interested. But um, yeah, so that was a major culture shock. I actually studied abroad in Spain for a month in 2018 and I really loved the culture just because it was very different from the United States and the fact that it was so laid back. But there were also just a lot of cultural differences that I experienced, especially as a Black woman, that other people 
would not experience if they're not a black person or black woman. So um, that was something when I realized, okay, I feel like I need to make some sort of resource where people can know about those experiences that I'm having and that I'm seeing that I wouldn't typically find on the internet. But when it comes to planning for other people, I actually did a huge Caribbean plan for this one client and she really... I really was able to help her pick where she wanted to go. A lot of the islands have very different cultures. So one of my favorite things with that particular travel research was just learning about the different islands that even I wasn't as familiar with, but learning about the cultural differences. So St. Lucia, I really hadn't, I'd heard of it, but I hadn't really researched it before. So learning about um, there, the big mountain that's like the centerpiece of that area, as well as the different language that they speak, and just helping my client pick and choose, but also just learning on my end. That's so cool. I love that. And as somebody who I wouldn't really say I've traveled international often, but as somebody who, you know, really wants to get more into that space moving forward, I think that that's important. I think that it's it's good just to not be naive, just to think that, you know, you can go any and everywhere and, and really just adjust and adapt. But it's really just the same way, you know, some people will come here and they may feel out of place or different things or they may even learn like along the way. It, it could really just be the same going somewhere else, just learning about. And I and I've, I can say that I've experienced that just with going to just going to Cancun and having a layover in St. Martin and going to um, Curacao when I was younger and everything. It's definitely some cultural differences out here and things to, you know, to know so that you don't, you know, offend people, especially the people when you're going international. A lot of times you're staying in resorts, you're staying all inclusive. So these are people that you're really dealing with, you know, in and out. So you don't want to offend these people. You don't want to, you know, do anything out of the ordinary. And I I think that that's important. And it's cool almost to really just learn about different cultures, to really just learn about different experiences. And even sometimes compare, like I remember in Cancun, some of the people who were kind of taking care of us at the resort, we would just talk to them about certain things that we do um, back in the United States, even ask them questions. And being that we went during like when Trump was in office and everything, that was an interesting, you know, conversation and take two as well. So it's really just interesting to get those, you know, those opinions, those viewpoints, because even when I was at Syracuse and I went to grad school up there, when I was in school, you know, with somebody from Australia, with somebody from Kazakhstan, with somebody from, you know, Central America. So it was just really cool just to to get all those cultures to really just get those experiences, but to also get that knowledge from them about how they kind of portray us and different things like that. So in your bio, you kind of just have like luxe travel, fam vacation, girls trip, whatever, mini trip, whatever, a quick little getaway, however it is. Would you say that you have a, a particular kind of trip that you like to organize or when somebody kind of comes to you with a particular like itinerary, what they want to do? Do you have like a favorite when it comes to really organizing and planning everything out? Or do you kind of just treat everything based on the experience and based on the person? I like to really take a personalized approach with my planning just because I really like to see what type of traveler the person is. If I were to think about how I am as a traveler, when I go to a country, I almost want to be like the people in the country. I want to eat what they eat. I want to go where they go. I don't want to go to the huge restaurants. So just finding those little things that people like to do and then adding that to their plan. Of course, they don't have to follow it to a T, but it is nice to be like, oh, so you like water activities. Here are five different activities you could do while you're there. And then with the other things like girls trips, um, luxe travel. Luxe travel is a little bit easier to plan just because there's a lot more resources, a lot more resorts and things. But I kind of do like those low-key trips as well and planning those for people just because it's fun for me to look at the Airbnbs and it's fun to see what areas 
they can get the most benefit out of. But yeah, I think the reason actually why I named it Eclectic Travel Adventures is because I couldn't really decide if I wanted to do just adventure travel or luxe travel or any of those just types. So I decided to call it Eclectic Travel Adventures so that it's more broad for me so that people can come to me for whatever they want. I don't know if she's in my head, y'all, or not, but I'm going to just kind of give y'all a little bit of background. So before we started this interview, she actually, t- I told her, I asked her, you know, as I do with everybody, do you have any questions for me or is there anything, you know, you kind of want to go over just before we get started? And the only thing that she really said was, I'm just kind of interested to see what you're going to ask. So now that's the second time now she's answered a question before I could even, you know, get it out on my own because my next question was really about to be about eclectic and really why you chose that name and what, because that's that's always something that's interesting to me. I always talk about that in previous episodes. I love hearing how people derive different things like for their company for their business whether it be the name of a product a service or a a package or anything so you kind of beat me to the punch in that but that's good but i (laughs) I love that because like you said and just looking up the word eclectic and for people out there who really don't know it doesn't just hone in on one specific thing it's a broad range of everything and i think that from what you've talked about so far claudia you definitely do do that you definitely do include that and you definitely do try to give the most of every experience so just in thinking about Everything that you've kind of accomplished thus far, everywhere that you've traveled, all the um, information, all the footage and all the people you've been able to meet. Is there anything that you would say that you haven't quite knocked off your bucket list that maybe because the pandemic, it could have just delayed things a little bit. But, you know, getting into you know the end of the year and even in the coming next year, 2022, that you're really looking forward to do, whether it be on a personal side, whether it be on a business side. Yeah. So personally, right before the actually pretty much right when the pandemic hit, I had a pretty a euro trip planned so since i was living in spain my main reason i wanted to be there i really wanted to learn spanish and get much better as you know i don't know if you took spanish at ecu but we had to take four semesters of it so i just felt at that point i know i knew way too much to not get better but personally yeah i was very excited i was gonna actually go to germany I think the, yeah, I think the events were going to be Germany to Italy to Greece to Malta and then come back to work in Spain. So hopefully I'll get to do that again. I'm obviously living in the United States now, so it's not as accessible, but it is still a big dream for me. And then another personal thing is I do want to go to all 50 states. I've done over half of them now. So now that things are opening up again, I'm actually going to knock two, three, no, two states off of my bucket list this year. So I'm really excited about that. And then business-wise, I am hoping to drop some products soon. I think having a service-based business is great, but I also want to have something tangible to give to people as well. So that's a huge goal of mine. Sheesh, I love that. So just to kind of double back and rewind through everything. So I actually took French. That was a language that it was introduced to me. Yeah, it was introduced to me in high school. And so when I got to ECU and found out that the, the track we were on, we were required to, you know, take a language, I actually told them I was just like well instead of having to go through four you know semesters or everything is there like a test or something so they said you can test and really just test um your knowledge and see where you were at now I'm not gonna lie moment of transparency out there when I took the test I yes I answered to the best of my ability on the majority of it but I also felt like I was getting too much right and my French wasn't that like crazy to the point where I felt like they were gonna put me in this advanced level and I just felt like I wasn't ready for that so I actually ended up testing out of the first two levels and then had to do three and four which was quite the roller coaster but it was definitely you know it's still good 
So that's always still sparked my interest for wanting to go to France, to other countries in Europe and different things like that. I love that. And as somebody who I felt like I was a traveler, people would always come to me and say, hey, you want to move and you're doing this and you're doing that. You you got me beat by a mile, but I love it. And especially the with me trying to move into that international space. I feel like international, every time I've gone international, I just feel like it's a different world. It's a different experience. You just, you see a totally different side of the world that you're not always exposed to in the United States. And then really just agreeing with your point about wanting something tangible. That's really why I started my merchandise. That's really why I started the mask, just with the timeliness of COVID. But I think that, like you said, yeah, while it's very much important and essential to have that that service-based business, it's nothing like really branding yourself. It's nothing like, you know, having some, some just in thinking about what you, having some luggage tags or having some passport cover or having just exactly. different things, whether it be shirts or hats, just travel accessories and things that people could just have that it sparks conversation. And that's kind of the same thing that I was thinking when it comes to, you know, just the business and the podcast and the merchandise um, and everything like that. So that's, that's really, really, really cool. And I'm definitely looking forward to that. Now, what would you say is something that when it comes to, you know, trip planning, when it comes to I'm um, just wanting to travel, whether it be international or domestic, what is something that you feel like is often overlooked by people that you feel like, you know, we kind of, you can even kind of step in sometimes and you help out with the planning process, but something that, you know, we just don't always think about when it comes to, you know, traveling, but really like the ins and outs of the whole trip. Well, I am really a, an advocate for, I said this a little bit earlier, but language. It, you never know when you're, I mean, a English is an international language. A lot of people do speak English, but you never know when you'll be in a situation where you might get lost and some you might need to know just a simple phrase, do you speak English in whatever language the where you are or something like that because I've been in situations where I immediately had to click into that Spanish where it was not obviously not life or death, but an emergency. So that's something I think people don't really think of. There is that component. You are in a place that is unknown and you do have to be safe. Also, just looking at things when it comes to safety, you know, the United States, we have guns and things like that. Looking up things like that. In Spain, I felt so relaxed because they didn't have, they have, they don't have guns. So it was like, wow, okay, that's something I don't really have to think about or worry about, but you might go somewhere else and it might have open carry. So just being aware of those safety things, obviously looking up the safety numbers, I think people don't really think about that part. And so just being smart when you do go anywhere. I swear, y'all love this podcast just because I learned something new. I didn't know that about Spain at all, but I definitely do. I can understand why, you know, that that just makes you feel a little bit better, especially with the climate that, you know, we were in pre-COVID, post-COVID, everything like that. So that's cool. But I, I think that that's important as well, just because I would say that that was something that was not on the, the forefront of my brain either. And especially when I went to Curacao, I went to Curacao when I was, I want to say, what, I'm 24 now. I want to say I had 12. 12, 10 minutes. I can't really remember, but I went when, you know, what, for one, I didn't speak another language. That was all I, English was all I knew up until that point. But for two, when I kind of got over there and some, a, a place that I know what they speak over there is really Deutsch. It was a lot of German over there. Um, even heard some Spanish, some Portuguese. I was distraught in a sense. I had no idea what they were saying, no idea what was going on. But, you know, because my dad took the time and my mom took the time to really to hone in, whether they, they spoke with the tour guide, they spoke with the resort people before. So they had somebody kind of taking care of us, but also explaining to us, you know, just the different cultures and different things like that. And he was able even to teach me some of the words. They really took good care of us in Curacao. So that was cool. But I would definitely say that moving forward, yeah, that was something I was thinking about in Cancun, just about language, just about, you know, getting around and something that I even hear about with my friends from going to, you know, Puerto Rico, Costa Rica, Dominican Republic. Public that you have to also, you know, know how to just 
basic. It's just basic stuff. Like you said, just being able to ask, hey, do you speak English? Because some of my friends have been put in, you know, sticky situations, especially with going to some of these places where you almost seem vulnerable or you almost seem like out of place in a sense. Like they know you're kind of just a tourist or a traveler. So you also have to know that you have to navigate yourself, but also be safe. Whereas, yes, it's definitely a vacation for you. You still, you know, you want to have on the forefront of your brain. I, I, I got to make it back home or I got to make it to the airport just because you never really know everybody's intentions. So I've heard some stories about, you know, people just feeling like they got set up or they were placed in unsafe situations, especially women. So big, big, big shout out to you for that. So just in thinking about everything that you've done, you know, from traveling uh, international, from traveling domestic, from studying abroad, from knocking out almost half over, well, you said over half of the 50 states. So that's, I'm, I'm about to put up a map and I'm about to actually, one of my teachers actually did that. One of my social studies teachers um he had a map and he basically thumbtacked everywhere that he was and i think he was at like 37 38 and this was in high school so i know now he's probably knocking it out so i think that that's interesting i'm definitely going to follow you throughout that journey and we may even have to do a follow-up once you hit all 50 and really just you know see how that how that was for you with some of your favorite places but getting yeah, really into oh absolutely we definitely going to do that but really just thinking about what you've done thus far what you've been able to accomplish do you really have like a favorite moment a favorite destination a favorite experience that really just to this day is just unforgettable for you? I think one of my favorite places, and I honestly could see myself getting, I don't know, like an, a condo there or something. I loved Puerto Rico. And it's really mostly because I felt very safe there as a Black person. I felt like the culture, it's very, you can feel that African influence. And I realized, I actually also studied um, African and African American studies at ECU. And I realized that's a big part of something that I'm interested in. I'm very interested in the African diaspora and where we've gone and that influence everywhere that we go. So that is just one of my favorite experiences. I loved going to the clubs there. I loved talking to the people. It just felt very comfortable in a way that I hadn't felt when I've traveled. And then on the flip side, I loved Paris. I went there and that was the first I've had culture shock, but that was a different type of culture shock because I don't know French at all. So that really opened my eyes back to that language thing. It really opened my eyes on needing to know something. If I didn't have my friend who did speak French, I don't know if I would have been able to truly get around the way that we did. So just kind of preparing. So I think those were two very great experiences. And then, of course, since I lived in Spain for over six months, that's going to always have a special place in my heart. There's nothing like going to a different place and really experiencing being an American outside of our country, I think the U.S. almost does us a disservice because we do have a sort of lack of exposure. We're very America-centric. And so seeing us from the outside was so interesting. And I just loved being there. I love it. It just really sounds like whether you, you know, whether you really stepped into this business space or not that you were really just going to enjoy and live life and I think that's something that you really even brought back for me a little bit of nostalgia is when you talked about how you were able to travel um, study abroad and that was something that I really wanted to get into um, at ECU but just the timeliness of everything just my organization involvement and just like I said more so just the when it when it fell and everything it was really hard for me to do it but the fact that you said Paris was a, a big culture shock for you it really made me want to even go even more now and I know that when I go I feel like I don't need to be like a French four master like my teacher was, but I definitely need to, you know, just brush up on some things and make sure that everything is okay. But I just love the fact that, you know, even throughout this whole interview, even throughout just following your page and the YouTube channel and everything that you do, you've really just lived for the experiences, for the moment. And just from some of the pictures to just some of the education to just some of the things that you were able to document and experience, I think that is almost like a once in a lifetime thing. And I really just encourage people 
to travel. I know that everybody is not always, you know, so gung ho about traveling um, international. So I would really say just start domestic, even road trips, but just just traveling, just going out and just recognizing that one there is just more to your hometown, more to your city, more to where you you are. And I think that that's really just important. I think that it even gives you a different outlook on life. It wasn't until I really started traveling. I would say my first big travel was when I came to ECU leaving Philadelphia, really just coming down here, only knowing one person from my high school, which is so ironic to me that one person from my high school came to ECU, but really just spending the majority of my four years of my life in, in a totally different state, um, traveling to different cities within that state. But it really just made me want more because I was taking trips at ECU, whether it was just Atlanta, whether it was just New Orleans, whether it was Florida, even tried to go west a little bit, but it's it's really just cool. I think traveling just opens up a different, you know, mind frame, a different spectrum. And, and I really think it's beautiful. But I'm a, like I said, I'm going to keep saying I'm a big advocate for international. So I definitely think that you need to just experience that at least just once. But really just in thinking about, you know, myself, other people who, you know, try to plan trips together. And, and I would say that it's hard planning trips with other people. I, I definitely love planning trips with people who are organized and everything like that. A lot of times our friends, we just can't make it happen, whether it's just we can't, you know, get all the money together, can't find somewhere to stay, can't get the dates together. But so a lot of times it's really forced me to, you know, travel solo, just get up and go. So in just thinking about that, what are some, if, if somebody kind of came to you and just said, hey, I'm having trouble kind of organizing this big group trip, but I still do want to do something, whether it just be for their birthday, whether they just want to take a, a mini solo vacation somewhere domestic within the United States, what are some places that you would really re uh, recommend? for solo traveling just for quick getaways? I definitely think New Orleans is a great place. There's so much culture there. Let me think. Yeah, def there are a lot of places in the South that truly, I don't know. I hadn't written off the South or anything, but I feel like there is a connotation. And so that even traveling to New Orleans, Houston, there's so much culture there. When it comes to the North, it really depends on the person. What are they looking for? Even if they wanted to stay, say we're talking about someone from North Carolina, if they're from the coast, go to the mountains. I really, I am, a, I really do take a personalized approach. So I would love to see what people are into and plan around them. So if they're into a certain type of history, I would definitely try to see if an area does that. But if you're talking about cities, I mean, DC. I haven't really explored the Midwest that much, but from what I've seen, Chicago is beautiful. Even little places like Michigan, just there's just little bits of beauty in every state and in domestically. There's just so much beauty in this country. And I feel like we do, or not we, but some people don't look. So yeah, I think I would always lean towards what the person is into and then go from there. I love that for sure. And as somebody who's been to both New Orleans and Chicago, um, Chicago, I definitely want to go back when it's warmer because I went during All-Star Weekend. So it was like February. So I, I really understood why it was called the Windy City. And I definitely had to put some respect on Chicago's name because that cold is different. I thought that, you know, growing up in the north and between north, uh, New York and Philadelphia, excuse me, that I was cool and I was good. But when I got there, oh, no, it was it was different. But it was I was still enjoying myself. It was good to see the city, got some good pictures and some good views. So that was cool. And then New Orleans actually went during uh, my time at ECU for Mardi Gras and this was pre-COVID and everything so it was crazy like it was just like you said the culture unlike any other being in the French Quarter it was really just amazing for me a lot of people you know a big thing that people hear is really just about Bourbon Street but if you're anybody who's either grown up in New Orleans or been to New Orleans a few times you know that Bourbon Street is just the it's really just the icing on the cake it's so much different culture just being in the French Quarter in general but a lot of those side streets and it's, it's really just always something to do and whereas I felt like you know it was just mayhem it was just from what I saw on TV or just what people 
talk about. It's really just a vibe. Everybody is really just down there trying to have fun, trying to enjoy themselves. It's really just, you know, a time to have fun, but it's also a time to learn. You could take different tours and, and see different things and cities. And really, we met a lot of different people who were also traveling and native. So it was really just cool to get both sides and both perspectives. But nonetheless, I really do love what you're talking about, about being personable. I really think that that's important. And I really think that that's, you know, a testament to not only who you are as a person, but just the type of services that you try to offer and what you really hope that Eclectic Travel Adventures grows into. So before we wrap things up, do you feel like there's anything, you know, in this interview, just in, in, in thinking about your plans for the future, personally, your plans for, you know, Eclectic Travel Adventures and just everything that you want to do and us moving out of this kind of, hopefully moving out of this COVID space. Do you feel like there's anything, you know, that we didn't touch on today that you definitely want the people to know? No, honestly, just please follow my YouTube channel and my Instagrams at Catching Claudia and at Eclectic Travel Adventures. And hopefully just get some travel inspo while you're there. And yeah, she's really a, a podcast pro, y'all. Beat me to the question again, because that was going to be my last question. Drop you, you know, your <laughs> social media and all of that. So I'll definitely make sure I include that in the bio as well. But no, Claudia, I definitely do. Thank you. Thank you for not only taking the time, you know, to come on here and share this space with me. But thank you for everything that you're doing. Like if like I, I'm definitely going to be a big advocate for her page and her business for everybody out there listening, just because I've been able to go on the page on Instagram, see the beautiful photos, but also learn things. And I've been able to go through the YouTube. I haven't caught up on everything the way I should. So no, definitely holding myself accountable to that but you guys you're really going to learn especially for places that you've been to for places that you know you might be thinking about visiting you might be planning trips to she may even you know give you some inspiration to go somewhere to plan a trip somewhere else but a lot of it i've really just been educated from culture different things to just landmarks to food to everything so definitely claudia you know keep doing what you're doing and for everybody out there that's listening definitely continue to tap in with her like i said reach out on social media if you're even thinking about you know a trip and trying to get things right she has a website help you get all set up so no definitely want to continue to thank everybody like i said we got new episodes new content coming we're about halfway we're pretty much halfway through the year now this year is moving so we're definitely still on the road to 100 episodes we did just drop some new merchandise for series two so be sure to check that out Follow us on Instagram at down to the number <laughs> business podcast. But to everybody out there who continuously, you know, taps in, shows love, makes the vision possible. I definitely appreciate it. Love you guys from the bottom of my heart. This has been another episode of the Down to Business podcast here with Tamar Turner.